This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... I, I can't tell you exactly what these treasures are, but, but Jesus knows exactly what they are. And because of their enduring through this suffering, they're storing up treasures in heaven. Can you even imagine you know, what, what that treasure box would look like? My kids love running to the treasure box. This is a treasure box that you can't imagine. Welcome to the Activate Podcast, the ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we're shaking things up a bit. Uh, I will be having a conversation with my good friend, Pastor Ryan, concerning his recent message in the series, Letters from Jesus. This week, we're going to be taking a closer look at the letter to the church at Smyrna, found in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Pastor Ryan, this has been the third week in our series in Revelation, as you have listened to the messages, what has challenged you the most as you've looked closely at the letters written from almost 2,000 years ago? Well, I'll tell you, these last two messages have been so good. And, and of course, last Sunday, nearly 30 people made spiritual decisions for Jesus. So, you know, when that happens, it takes me back when I was a, a new believer, and, I, and it reminds me of how hungry I was to learn about Jesus and to become more like Jesus. So I think, I think what has challenged me the most— is my proximity to Jesus. Those of you who've been listening and, and heard one of Pastor Christian's recent messages, you'll know what I'm talking about. And it just challenged me. Am I staying close to Jesus? You know, I, I move away from him sometimes. Not far away, fortunately, but but not as close as I want to be, not as close as I need to be, and not as close as I was really at times when uh, when I was a newer believer in the first 18 months or two years Man, I was on fire, you know, and I get challenged sometimes. Am I that close? Um, you know, and in his message, he kind of, he asked this question, how close do I need to be to Jesus? And then he referenced Psalm 91, verse 1, a verse that I remember reading years ago and brought me comfort. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So, man, what really challenged me is I want to be in his shadow. I want to be close by, feeling his love, feeling his guidance, feeling his rebuke uh, when his Holy Spirit says, Ryan, you know, is that the kind of heart attitude you should have? Um, you know, his good traits rub off on me, and, and I can see where I fall short. And, and that's what makes me a better follower of Jesus when I'm right up next to him. So that really challenged me uh, at the beginning of this series. If we had one takeaway from the message this week, it was this. Jesus is the priority and the point of our faith. Pastor Ryan, you asked us to fill in the blank, and the blank was this. I follow Jesus for blank. Of course, the correct answer to that is I follow Jesus for Jesus. It's the Sunday school answer, right? When you don't have the right answer or don't know the answer in Sunday school, you always answer Jesus. Have you always followed Jesus for Jesus? And, and if not, what reasons have you found yourself following Jesus? Well, no, I mean, I, I've not always followed Jesus for Jesus. And I think early on, uh, I followed Jesus for heaven, uh, very clearly. I mean, I, I, I remember back when I was uh, in a fraternity, my dad came up to visit me. I was not a believer yet, but he asked me this question, do you want to go to heaven? And I was like, uh... Uh, yes, like, uh, of course I do. Uh, and so I, I'll say this, I followed Jesus from a large distance because I wanted to go to heaven. And, and even in recent years, sometimes, because I'm a pastor, I follow Jesus. 
literally, because that's what a pastor is supposed to do. Um, you know, and, and I'm glad I don't stay in that place, fortunately, because I've got disciplines and rhythms in my life. My time in the Word or, or time at church or time with really Christian brothers, they help me get back on track uh, and, and, and help me to get back to following Jesus for Jesus, because my life is stronger, it's fuller, and it's more focused when I follow Jesus for Jesus. Jesus writes in the letter to Smyrna, who is experiencing tremendous pressure and persecution, uh, Jesus says this, I know your afflictions and your poverty. I don't know about you, Pastor Ryan, but I find it extremely comforting to know that Jesus knows exactly how we are feeling. Then Jesus states this. He says, I know your afflictions and I know your poverty, but then he says, yet you are rich. Can, can you unpack that a little bit, Pastor Ryan? What does Jesus mean when he said, yet you are rich? Well, what a great question. You know, you might, you might hear that text and think, wait a minute, here's this group of people who are impoverished and they're suffering, yet Jesus says they're rich. Like, how can that be? Well, two things. First, let me share a couple of verses with you. Matthew 6, 19 through 20, Sermon on the Mount, right? Uh, kids, kids learn this in, in Sunday school. You know, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. See, I, I can't tell you exactly what these treasures are, but, but Jesus knows exactly what they are. And because of their enduring through this suffering, they're storing up treasures in heaven. Can you even imagine, you know, what, what that treasure box would look like? My kids love running to the treasure box. This is a treasure box that you can't imagine, right? These are treasures in heaven. And, and secondly, Jesus says, I know your afflictions and I know your poverty. And yet again, he calls them rich. So they're rich because they had Jesus. They had a relationship with the creator of the world, with the king of kings. They were rich because of the relationship with Jesus and what it brings what it brings you, and, and, what, and it brings you what the world can't provide. You know, like many people try to fill their lives with, with what the world provides, you know, with wealth, with extravagance, with pleasures, with stuff. And how many times have you heard this statement? I had everything money could buy, and yet I was empty. I, I, I had I heard everything money could buy, I had it all, and I had a hole in my life until I met Jesus. So the church in Smyrna was rich because they had Jesus. The church in Smyrna experienced tremendous pressure from Rome and other external or outside influences. They experienced poverty. They were slandered against. Um, they felt impending suffering approaching. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, Pastor Ryan, have you experienced any of these pressures? And what were you feeling as you experienced those? You know, one of the first verses I memorized was Matthew 5.11, and it's, uh, you know, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know, I, I share this in the message, but I lived with four buddies when I became a follower of Jesus, and, and I, became, I became the live-in Jesus freak. You know, it was hard. I, I love those guys, but it was hard trying to live for Jesus. And and I was young. I, I did a lot of Christian things wrong. I really did. I I was judging them at times and while also being a hypocritical person on the other side. And so obviously that, as you can imagine, that brought persecution. Uh, and as I grew in my faith, I, I was persecuted in different ways. I remember the first day on a new job, 
back when I was in the business world. And my boss, it's the first day on the job, and my boss gets this call from his brother, and he holds his hand over the phone. You know how you can kind of do that? You're trying to keep the other person from hearing. He's like, hey, this is my brother. He's one of those crazy born-again Christians. And I just remember going, oh, boy, how's this going to go? And I remember I raised my hand kind of like, so am I. And he's kind of like, oh, you know, foot in the mouth, but almost like, oh, no, I got. why did I hire one of these guys? But, you know, that brought some jokes. It brought some jabs while I worked there. Certainly there was not major persecution, but but that brought some challenges. And what's awesome, though, is that man ended up giving his life to Jesus, which I, I loved. I rejoiced when that happened. But I, but I think when we're really living for Jesus, we will and we should be experiencing slander. We should be experiencing some suffering. And hopefully it's not because we're being hypocritical. And if it is, we can we can show the love of Jesus by being transparent and asking and really, you know, asking people to forgive us when we're being hypocritical. And, and I've had to do that. And I, and I think it speaks volumes. Uh, I love to challenge those of you who are listening. Really, if, if you're listening today, I'd love to give you a little challenge. If, if you've not been a good witness at work or maybe you've not been a good witness in your family, be transparent. And let a coworker, let a family member know that you're trying to do better. Let them know, hey, man, I'm reading my Bible and I'm trying to be a better follower of Jesus. Let them know you're you're going to mess up, but you want to be better and see what happens. See what happens. I love how you pointed out in your message that Jesus, Paul, and Peter all spoke and wrote about the persecution Christians will experience. Not if they experience, but will experience. You know, there are approximately 215 million Christians experiencing persecution all over the world today. How do we put this into perspective as Christians in our American culture where we don't experience pressure like other Christians do throughout the world? And really, how should we feel about that, or what should our response be as a result of that fact? Well, I mentioned Jesus Freak earlier, and there's actually a book uh, by DC Talk. It was a a band— um, that, you know, as I was a new believer, I listened to and really encouraged me. And so I, I got this uh, book that they wrote called Jesus Freak, and it was about Christian martyrs. Um, and then there's another one that was, um, maybe you're familiar with Fox's Book of Martyrs. And I remember reading these and literally being blown away by the commitment of these Jesus followers and asking myself, could I do the same thing? Like, could I I mean, I read these stories of faith and, and persecution and martyrdom and think, could I, could I even imagine doing the same thing? And, you know, when, when people were and, and are dying all over the world for their faith, I think there needs to, to at least be a commitment to handle some ridicule, uh, to handle some shunning for our faith. It, it still doesn't feel good, but, it, but at least most times our life is not in danger. Uh, we need to be li- uh, willing to live in a way where our life, you know, our attitude, our actions stand apart from those who would maybe rush into sin, rush into gossip, or rush into drunkenness, or rush into sexual promiscuity. Right? We we don't want to we don't want to do those things in today's culture. Uh, if we don't, right? When we don't do those things, we're going to look different. We're going to stand out, and persecution may come when we do that. You know, today, if our kids live that way, if they live different, right, they're going to stand out. And I think we could agree we would we'd like our kids to stand out, to look different. But we know we know some persecution may come their way if they do. You know, and as I think about it, it's possible that you may lose a promotion because you're not willing to cut corners at work. You know, it's possible that you may not 
get a job because of your faith. You know, in today's world, people check out social media. They may go, man, I don't, I don't like this person's Christian post, so I don't think I'll hire him. I mean, it's possible. That, I mean, that's not heavy persecution, but you may see impoverishedness by that happening. Is that a word? Impoverishedness? <laughs> I just made it one. You know, and we may be sun- we may be shunned from the social scene at work because we're the you know the office goody two shoes. And again, you know, our life may not be on the line, but these are things that bring pressure and they bring struggle to your life. My favorite part of your message was the promise from Jesus that those who endure to the end through the pressure and the persecution will receive the victor's crown. Pastor Ron, would you take a moment to encourage individuals right now who may not be experiencing the persecution that is being felt in the world, but to them the struggle is real, like they're still experiencing pressure in this life? Yeah, sure will. You know, 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And then verse 5, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. You know, the struggle is real. And I know we have kids in our youth group right now, and adults in our church right now who are struggling because they're Christians in their school. Uh, We have, uh, again, adults, because they're Christians in their workplace, they're facing ridicule. Uh, they're facing persecution. In some cases, they're facing verbal bullying for their faith uh, or because they're different. So I want you to take comfort that, that Jesus is with you. He He brings us comfort. He brings us courage. He brings us the words of truth when we spend time in His Word, right? He He brings us inspiration when we worship and listen to worship music. Right now, there's a song by Lauren Daigle. It's really ministering to me and I think many people. It's called You Say. Uh, And there's just some verses uh, uh, in that song. It says, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough, right? And and, and certainly in this world, there's voices from people in our lives that tell us that you're not enough or you're no good. And so she continues, it says, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I'm weak. You say I'm held when I'm falling apart. When I don't belong, you say that I am yours. So Man, the encouragement that I feel when I worship, when I reflect on God's truth, when I'm in the when when I'm in my Bible, it sustains me. Uh, I have moments of desperation, like many people who are listening. I have those moments too, and that's when I lean in. That's when I lean into the shadow of the Almighty, and He gets me through, um, and He gets me through whatever it is I'm facing, and I know He can get you through whatever it is you're facing. So Jesus's letter to Smyrna tells us ultimately that our gift is eternal life. It's the victor's crown, and it's eternal life with Him. And really, I can't wait. Last question for you today, Pastor Ryan. Um, we launched our group semester here just a, just about a week ago at Journey Church International, and many of the individuals right now may may be or may not be a member of a small group or be a part of a small group. Would you take a moment to encourage and challenge them in light of our current study through the book of Revelation? Well, I will. You know, as I was going through much of uh, the early persecution and struggle as a new believer, you know, in my, my early 20s, I pray that God would bring me some Christian friends that I could grow with, that I could find some strength with, 
And so I got into a men's group and, and I found it. And so if you're listening and you're, maybe you're going through struggles alone, know this, you don't have to go through them alone. You need to get into a group. You need to come to our ladies event. You need to come to our guys night. These are ways that you can get connected to people so you don't have to go through them alone. If you're listening and maybe you're deciding just right now to start living for God, I want to tell you persecution and suffering will eventually come your way. You're going to look different. You're going to you're going to be different. Uh, be different, but again, you don't have to do it alone. I want to encourage you to get into a small group and you can find those on our JCI app. You can just click the small group search button right there on the front page of our JCI app and you can find a group to get in today. So don't wait. I hope you will find the same encouragement that I found so many years ago by getting into a group. Pastor Ryan, thank you so much for that reminder. And I once again want to thank those of you that are listening to this podcast today. We pray that we have been an encouragement to you in some way. Um, We look forward to joining you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.